Welcome to another episode of Fratello Talks. And this is the podcast where we don't do an introduction music. We cut straight to the chase. I am Robert-Jan Broer. Welcome. And I'm here together with my colleagues. Lex. And Gerard. And before we start, let's do a wrist check first. Lex, what are you wearing? Something with a very long name. I will... I will spill the beans. It's the Rado Diastar Original 60 Years Anniversary Edition Design Alfredo Heberli. Oh, wow. Here we go. That's and it. that's a brand new watch. It's quite new, yeah. On a mesh bracelet. On a very, very nice mesh bracelet. You might have seen before on a... What was it again? I don't know the brand. Oh. Mm, something Seamaster thingy. Yes. Yeah. No embargo of this? No, it's already out. Okay. We covered it already. It's, I like it. And Gerard, what are you wearing? Uh, I'm wearing the, um, the second Fratello Times Oris um, collaboration, the Diver 65. Very nice. On your own strap, a brown strap. Yeah, on my own strap. It hasn't been uh, off my wrist ever since I, I got it. Last nice. Week. Yep. Beautiful. It <coughs> is. I'm, what are you wearing? I'm wearing my uh, Rolex Day Date, yellow gold. Oh. 18238. Flying under the radar today. Very yeah. much uh, under the radar because we have our Christmas dinner later on. True. At a wonderful Chinese restaurant. And I thought a yellow gold watch is very fitting. You get a discount if you wear that watch. 10%. And the best table. <laughs> True. Yeah. And after two hours, you need to uh, to knock off there. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> All right. Okay, Fratello Talks. So <clears throat> today we will talk about the Nautilus, the Patek Philippe Nautilus, and especially why it is such a magical and mythical watch. And we have one in front of us here. That's the first reference, the Patek Philippe Nautilus 3700. And if I'm not mistaken, Gerald Genta, he uh, designed it for Patek Philippe, who introduced it in 1976. And Genta, basically, what I read from an interview, I think from 2009, is that he wanted to design another luxury stainless steel sports watch, but a little bit more feminine than the Royal Oak. The Royal Oak was very masculine, a bit very, raw, yeah, even very angular. Yes, and this uh, this watch was um, also aimed at women, so men and women could wear the Nautilus. Is there also this story that he drew the the watch? He, he sketched it in fifteen minutes during Basel World, and then and showed it shows, it to, and then it <laughs> <laughs> and then showed it to uh, Patek uh, execs. Is that yeah? It was that, during that, Basel World during a really? during a. Uh, a dinner or something, or they were in the same yeah. Uh, restaurant. Yeah, that that that's how the legend goes, at least. Yeah. Um, the Nautilus was then in production for uh, uh, quite a while, and uh, this is the Jumbo because it's. We come to the dimensions later, but it's, mm-hmm. for that time, it was quite a big watch. Yeah. And then later on, they made smaller editions. I think the thirty eight hundred series. Yeah. And then it wasn't until two thousand six that Patek Philippe introduced another Jumbo, which is the famous fifty seven eleven. And it was also the 30th anniversary of the Nautilus. Meanwhile, they also introduced the Aquanaut for a younger audience, uh, I believe, that that was the mission. And at first, this watch wasn't at all very popular, but in the last five to ten years, I think we saw a a big change. Um, And we are going to talk about that. Who wants to kick off? I think we also should determine what is the best Nautilus ever. <clears throat> the best ever. The best ever. Since hmm. they recently introduced the 5811, <clears throat> and that one harks back to this design, maybe we can uh, maybe just 
I think it's important to note that the 5811G is only in white gold. And it harks back to the 3700 that we have here. And both are monoblock cases. Yeah, that's that's a very important... uh, And the 5711 is not a monoblock. It's a three-part case. And for the purists, that might be a little bit fake. Yeah, it has a screw screw in uh, glass back. So um, that's not a monoblock anymore. I saw that the 5811... um, as d- does have a glass back, but it's not a, a, a screw-in one anymore. It looks more fixed to the down part of the casing than, yeah. than the 5711. And it's bigger. And it's slightly bigger. Yeah, slightly bigger. It's slightly bigger than the 5811. It is also one, it's one-tenth of a millimeter uh, slimmer, but it's still thicker than... The 3700. Then the original, yeah. Yeah, and uh, Robert John already uh, mentioned it that it was a watch um, designed for uh, men and women. I think the, the, the 3700 is, is the most elegant one uh, of the bunch. Um, the 5711 became a bit more uh, uh, bulky, a bit more sporty, a bit thicker as well. Um, and, and therefore, I think that the, 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 the 3700 is, is quite suitable for ladies as well. Is it also that the um, the thirty seven hundred and the fifty eight eleven are because of the two part case are more special than the fifty seven eleven that is more like a regular watch because that has the traditional construction. Yes, it does look like a Nautilus. It looks every inch like a Nautilus, but because of the completely different, more regular standard uh, case construction. It just doesn't have that special feel that the thirty seven hundred and possibly the fifty eight eleven uh, gives you. Yeah, well, the fifty eight eleven still has this glass back, which is um, it seems separately fitted to the the, the mm-hmm. lower part of the casing. It's still a diff- different different part of the casing. Um, the thirty seven hundred is is really just uh, two parts which are flinched uh, together. And therefore, uh, uh, it's slimmer as well. Yeah. And also probably because this one doesn't have the central seconds and the new one, the 5811 and the 5711, both have the uh, central seconds. Fake. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) That's what I like so much about the first one. And also the Royal Oak 15202 and 16202. Two hands. They only have two hands, which makes it super nice to look at. Yeah. Yeah. And I agree. For all I care, they could also have left out a date, to be honest. Mm-hmm. So what what is let let's take it one yeah. step back. Why is the Nautilus so special? Because I think in the first few decades nobody cared. Yeah. Only the purists and the collectors and a lot of Patek Philippe collectors they saw the Nautilus as an enfant terrible. Yeah, they didn't want to see these type of watches from a brand like Patek, and um, they didn't get sold that well. And in the last ten years. You see all the celebrities wearing these watches while well, before they were donning Daytonas and, and yeah. Royal Oak Offshores. <coughs> and now you see that they go back to these more classic watches like the like the Nautilus and the, the, the regular Royal Oaks. I think that also has to... Um, there's a relationship with the society becoming less uh, formal. So we're in a much more informal society. We wear jeans to the office. We... Um, we, we, we wear sneakers to the office and that's a, that's a global trend. When this watch was released, it was 
the, the society was way more formal. People didn't wear a, a sports watch to the office. And also Patek was then, uh, was a very classical brand. And then all of a sudden they dropped this, which had, did this doesn't bear any resemblance to a Calatrava or to a uh, classic chronograph. So it was also something completely new. And now people are, everything is sporty. Everything is urban. So now, yes, people like a sports watch. They like dive watches. It's, it, I think it just is also, um, it's the zeitgeist that, okay. that plays a part. I think. And I think as well, it, it was probably um, one of the reasons that these watches were not that popular in the beginning, not only... Uh, for Patek Philippe, but uh, for Olimar, uh, for instance, as well. Envoi-Chiron. The Envoi-Chiron. Um, people weren't um, uh, used to uh, a sporty watch in this uh, in this prize league as well. It was mm-hmm. yeah. in, in stainless steel, uh, and it was quite expensive already then. Um, so I think that that might be uh, uh, people had to had to get used to it to, to the whole concept of a sporty watch in this uh, high end. Yeah, true. Yeah, like a steel watch uh, treated like a gold watch. Yeah. That was the, like, autologic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah well, true. While also being available mm. in gold. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. The, <laughs> what do you think? Is it, is it, is it Nautilus in gold? Is that, is that, can you do that? Is it, or should it be, should it always be in steel? For me, it should be in steel. Yeah. No. Could it be in titanium? Because I know there was a lot there of... There was one, th- right? Yeah, they did one for only watch. Yeah, they did a for only watch. Because there was, of course, a lot of speculation when Thierry Stern uh, announced that he was going to uh, uh, stop making the uh, 5711. What would be next? Would it be a 6711 that would be a titanium version? Or what would it be? And then, of course, he came out with the 5811 in white gold. But Do you think that uh, Patek is bothered by the Nautilus? Well, they they did... <laughs> I because always everything thought Patek they... now seems to be about the Nautilus. Well, <laughs> they, they made so many other nice, beautiful watches, not only the Calatrava, but also even the Ellipse or some of the... Yeah, the Golden the Ellipse. complications are beautiful. Um, I think there's only one model that didn't really perform. That's a Gondolo, I think. Yeah, that's mm. a different shape. Yeah, that's a difficult shape. Yeah. That's it. The, 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 the weird thing is, is that, of course, Thierry Stern gave so many interviews saying that he didn't want to become a... Um, a one-trick pony. Yeah, a one-trick <laughs> pony. Um like one of his uh, competitors and uh, that he was going to uh, cut the, the 5711 and uh, no more and we we are Patek we are doing we're tradition etc cetera, etc cetera. and then out comes the 5811 mm-hmm. uh, of course it's in white gold uh, and it will cost around 70,000 euros but people who are after a steel nautilus don't really care about that no. price so no, we uh, see that the pricing yeah. on a, on a pre-owned market and on Chrono 24, for example. Yeah, it's, and it's and when they released crazy. the 5811, it was one of several watches, and um, I don't think the other watches got covered that much. So they say they don't want to be the no- the Nautilus to be the star of the show. Then they introduce a new 5811 together with other watches that completely steals the limelight. So to be to be honest, I'm a little bit puzzled about their strategy. Yeah, yeah perhaps they are as well. I don't know. <laughs> well, the, the, they discontinued the 5711 a few yeah. years ago, and then they did a comeback with a Tiffany dial and with a green version. Yeah. So for them, it's apparently hard to say goodbye. Yeah, it's, 
What what was striking? I was right. Uh, I was writing a little bit about the uh, thirty seven hundred and how it felt on the wrist and how magical it is. And then I uh, looked up all the other reference and uh, until not that long ago, there's the the fifty seven eleven in uh, rose gold was still in the was catalog. Still available, yeah. And now it's gone. Yeah. So what will we get next year? The fifty eight eleven R. Yes, right. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think. Um, well, we, we we don't have to. We shouldn't forget that Patek did introduce quite some other models as well. I mean, um, the Nautilus being star of a show is um, it's made the star of a show not specifically by Patek no, not by, no, it's not by, by the them. audience. But if if you know that your audience is all over the Nautilus and you're going to introduce something complicated it, at the same time that you introduce a new Nautilus, what's going to happen? People were going to talk about the new Nautilus. They're not going to talk about your world timer or complicated. Yeah. There was a beautiful uh, chronograph uh, hidden somewhere. And, and I think that's a bit of a pity. Uh, okay, uh, let's go back to uh, uh, my previous question. Is mm-hmm. Why is the Nautilus ah. so popular, like unbelievable? Well, 10 years ago, nobody cared. Only those who are in the trade or in the, in the watch community, they knew the Nautilus and they found an interesting watch. Yeah. Same for the Royal Oak. When I was wearing my Royal Oak before 2012 or something, people asked me, what's that kind of a grandpa watch? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And today it's the, one of the most coveted watches are the Nautilus and the Royal Oak, perhaps even more so than a, than a Daytona. So yeah. why is that? Because it's very particular. If you look at the shape, it's very. It's not a round watch. It's not a, not a proper sports watch. It's no. quite a delicate piece. Mm-hmm. In, in general, um, yeah. integrated bracelets, steel watches uh, became very popular. But why that is, is very difficult to determine, I think. it's. Uh, but is it that some people set the trend uh, and, and celebrities took it over and they are showing it on the red carpet, on their Instagram accounts? I think so that has, so yeah, that, I think that plays a part. It, I, also, it was always the most affordable Patek Philippe. And Patek Philippe already had the reputation of being the most prestigious watchmaker. So for for a long time, I, I remember that you could buy it for fifteen thousand, and then it, the prices went up until around twenty three. Yeah, and then I remember that in two thousand six, when the fifty seven eleven came out, it was just under fifteen k. Yeah, fourteen seven. Uh, yeah. So what I think, and I, I really think that social media and especially Instagram also play a part. So f- starting from twenty ten, I say from the top of my head, yeah, um, something like twenty twelve, and be. Because the name Patek does mean something, stands for something, and that then it was accessible, so people started wearing it. So and you could have the name Patek Philippe on a dial for a relatively yeah, uh, but small amount of money, and mm-hmm. then uh, I it, I think it has to do yeah. with the with the the because, exposure, and yeah. then you have of course. I don't know ma- how many million followers Patek has on Instagram, but that's way more than they can produce. Yeah, but why and then you get a snowball effect, and then also mm. the 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 what I said earlier, the uh, the the less formal society, people wearing sports stuff, also plays a part. I think it's a snowball effect. But why didn't it happen to the Aquanaut then? I mean, there was even um, you was can't buy an Aquanaut now. So no, it, no, it, it, also ha- it also happened to the Aquanaut. Go no, buy an Aquanaut. But the Aquanaut is because of the Nautilus. The Nautilus is not there anymore. So no, people yeah. start to buy Aquanauts, yeah, Fashion yeah. Constantin overseas. You could pick them up like that cheap. Yeah. Super, super cheap. Yeah. And, and now um, that watch is also not available anymore, no. just like the Aquanaut. So I think those brands and also like a Chapek Antarctic, for example, those get like proper traction from the fact that the Nautilus yeah, and Royal Oak are just not available. Of yeah. course, of course. Because the Aquanaut, remember Gerard, when you had a shop in the Hague, yeah. they were offered in your shop for below 10K, yeah, Aquanauts. Yeah, 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 easily. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah. And they didn't sell uh, that uh, quick as well. So. Yeah. I don't know how many, I know AP got mentioned in uh, rap lyrics uh, quite a lot. So that helped. I don't. I think Patek probably also uh, mm-hmm. gets mentioned. I think, and, and in the end, it is uh, some sort of a, a snowball effect mm-hmm. that had, and now it ha, now it has become bigger than it than it than it should be. What is quite interesting is that, uh, as you said, and I think I'm not sure if the Nautilus. I think Nautilus was still a little, little bit more expensive than the than the Aqua now. Yeah, but always. It's, it's quite interesting to see that, like an entry level watch from a brand. Yeah becomes the most coveted watch from the brand because the the prices that you pay now today for a 5711 or for this 3700 that we that we have here it's way more than mm-hmm. a lot of their grand complications yeah. uh, perpetual calendar chronographs and so on yeah, yeah. it's silly yeah. it is silly <laughs> it, it yeah. is silly yeah. because we haven't talked about prices yet because uh, we looked uh, we looked it up when i uh, wore the uh, 3700 you can you can buy that watch uh, I think around uh, around 3,500 watches were made in total of this reference. I think around that that, that mm-hmm. there is 3,300, 3,500. Mm-hmm. But you you will have to pay 200k for that watch in yeah. dollars or euros. Mm-hmm. But the 5811 you also can't buy for the list price of 70,000 okay. is also 200k. Yeah. Everything is 200. And everything is yeah. 200k. Everything is 200K. 200k is the new 10k. Yeah, yeah. but the, the but maybe you should compare it to this when you uh well you played hockey when you had a uh you had a Dita uh, stick, hmm. right? Yes, I uh okay. Maybe, the Maharaja. Uh, Mahara, the Dita Maharaja. Maybe there was a, another hockey stick made by Rukanor mm-hmm. that was way better. But you didn't want to use the Rukanor because all your friends used the, rest the, of Dita. the team had the Dita. So you also so, bought a Dita. Yeah, yeah that is how so it works. I think it probably also mm-hmm. goes with the, mm-hmm. the Nautilus. Mm. Yeah, for me, it's, it's a very strange uh, thing that happens actually to the whole watch industry. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not only the Nautilus, it's no, also no, no, the, no. The, the, uh, many other watches yeah. that are now being called as, as uh, Tim Strucker, the CEO of Corner 24, was interviewed by uh, Watch Pro. And he called these watches trophy watches, which yeah, I they, found an yeah. interesting yeah. Uh, uh, definition. That's a very correct definition of a watch like this. But we looked this up and they said, yeah, the prices are coming down on trophy watches, but you still have to pay 200k for this <laughs> yeah. watch. So yeah. it's still far, far away from yeah. the retail prices. I think one of the last re- known retail prices for the 5711 was just over 30k, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, 34, I think. Yeah. yeah. So it's really, uh, really, um, and uh, there was also the the, the, st- the strategy of let's just overprice it and people won't buy it. Well, yeah. that kind of backfired. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that didn't. Yeah, I, I saw the first uh, fifty eight elevens uh, popping up on yeah. uh, the secondary market uh, for already for two hundred as well. Yeah, uh, and when they did the fifty seven eleven Tiffany, I think one of the first went direct to uh, directly to uh, an auction. I'm not sure if you remember. Yeah, that was for a good cause. Good. Yeah, so it was, I think six million or something. Yeah. And the good cause was Oral Bags? Or? Yeah, I don't, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. There was a charity. I don't yeah, know what charity. It was, it was, it was, uh, yeah. But at least with the 3700, you can say, well, they don't make that anymore. There is a limited, uh, you have this set number of watches that, are, that have been made. So then you can you can almost treat it like something, like a rare object. There's a set number. But mm-hmm. with the 5811, uh, they're probably going to uh, continue to make that for years to come. Yeah. yeah. So, and True. then, yeah, and then, then it is treated like a trophy yeah. watch. Okay, I can spend 200K, yeah. I'm going to wear it, and I'm going to show it off to my, yeah. Yeah. my buddy. I have a question for you. I think Gerard can answer it. Mm. If I remember correctly, a lot of things are handmade and hand-finished at Patek Philippe. 
And if I remember correctly, watches like the Nautilus and the Aquanaut were not. Not entirely. Handmade. And that makes it even stranger that this watch is has like incredibly high prices compared to the things from Patek Philippe that are hand finished mm-hmm. and hand engraved and so on. Yeah. But then I should have looked something up because is um of course Patek now doesn't do the Geneva seal anymore. They have their own Patek Philippe seal. What, what, I don't know what it's called. It's mm-hmm. always best to to verify and certify your own stuff. Yeah, yeah. that's <laughs> always yeah, good. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. it's a given. It's a well-known fact. <laughs> anyway, it, it, but is the new Nautilus, a, a, the, the 5811, it, does that carry the seal? Or did the 5711 carry the Geneva seal? Because then, Geneva it, seal. then it should, mm. that, that, that would explain everything. Because you can't just use that seal without no without doing everything, everything by hand yeah in 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 the canton of Geneva also yeah yeah i don't know i, I didn't look that up as well hmm. no nice. so what would you rather have would you rather have these this 3700 or the 5270 for example which is the chronograph perpetual calendar I do like that uh, ultra slim platinum <laughs> perpetual calendar, and I also like the fifty seven twelve. Yeah, uh, but that's also a Nautilus. Yeah. Oh, okay. So oh, okay, okay, okay. Would you rather oh, spend that right. kind of money on this this Holy Grail watch, the Nautilus no. thirty seven hundred, or on a Patek Philippe with complications <laughs> from their more classic collection? No, I would definitely go for the uh, complicated watches for this kind of money. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't say that I like those watches more than I like the Nautilus because I'm a modest mm-hmm. guy, so I like the modest watches, but not for the same kind yeah. of money. It's, I mean, two hundred thousand euros uh, for a watch like like a Nautilus is, I, I think, it's it's insane. It's not worth mm-hmm. it. And for me, that will be difficult to uh, to spend that kind of money on such a watch. Um, although I like the watch very, very much, I, uh, I even like it more than the uh, than the complicated stuff from Patek. I have a little anecdote, and Gerard knows it as well. There's this guy in The Hague who has a Nautilus uh, 3812. Uh, the guy who does something with coffee. Yeah, 3800. That's 3800. Yeah, so yeah. he has that watch, and I remember that like 20 years ago he had it, and he he still has it, and he wore it in the bar, and he was hammering on the bar with it. Yeah. He didn't care. Oh. And then you brought him to Patek Philippe in Geneva and there he saw the 3940. Yeah. That was his dream watch. Exactly, yeah. Today, yeah, yeah, yeah. he could swap it and have change to yeah. put in his pocket. Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I know um, for 200K, I also would go for something complicated and, and classic. But it could also because I remember the 5711 with a wide dial when that came out, everybody said, what the hell, that's so ugly. That was no, a, and, only and, in production and no, for a brief period. Right? Nobody wanted it. Yeah. But and now, of course, uh, everything, uh, go, every price goes through the roof. But it's just not worth it. It's, it's no. just the, 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 the yeah, value not, for not, money yeah, not, is not completely... Worth it. it's, it's very difficult to determine. Yeah, but, uh, it is worth I mean, it. Because, yeah, it's worth the people yeah. are paying it. So, so. so what, what did this watch, the Nautilus, but also the Royal Jumbo and, and, and uh, the Aquanaut, what did it do? for the watch hobby or watch community? Did it do good or did it do bad? It made everything about money and I think that's bad because now everything is about, is this watch a good investment? How much is yeah, it? Everybody's that's, that's, talking about price. So that's that's what I don't like. And no, I also... It's, um, it's not a watch with, which did that. 
You know, it's people it that did it, but it, but it, 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 it revolves around a watch. So in the in the end, it, it becomes very difficult to, uh, to 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 talk about your your classical complications, etc., and 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 how beautifully it's finished and what this component does, and so because in the end, everything is about money. Money becomes a very dominant uh, factor. Mm-hmm. And what I cannot imagine that 10, 15 years ago, people like bluntly said. Oh, I don't like the Royal Oak. It looks ugly, or it's your grandfather's watch, or yeah, whatever. Same yeah. goes for the Nautilus. And now those same people, basically, yeah, yeah. man, they really want to have this watch. Yeah. So is that like a true love for this watch and for the design, or is it for the love of money? I think that's, uh, that's and I think that ruins it a little bit because I really like the Nautilus. I really like the Royal Oak, but it has become unobtainable and unaffordable. Yeah. Why I would wear it because it's a super nice watch. And mm-hmm. yeah. But not for the prices today, but for 15k, 25k. Yeah. It's a really nice watch. It is. Definitely. And that was already expensive for a watch like this. Yeah, it was. Let's not forget that. That was one of the points that it was so expensive for uh, what it was, and now it's it's uh, it's totally gone berserk. But mm-hmm. yeah, I don't think it's the it's the fault of the watch. It's it's the market which made it like that, and probably even the the social media and and, and the people who started wearing it and and. Uh, oh, you can't you can't blame the watch. No, of course the the. the <laughs> The watch itself doesn't doesn't do anything, but it's it's the it's, no, it's that, the hype that surrounds it that makes it yeah, a little it, it bit. And and sometimes also brands play into the hype because mm-hmm. in the end they're in it for the for the money. Yeah. So, but it wasn't yeah, they, it wasn't yeah. the intention I think from even from Patek to no to it make was this no it was never their intention it was probably so. the intention just to offer a, a, they they saw the success of the Royal Oak yeah uh, because it was way later than the than the Royal Oak yeah. Uh, um, so they later. wanted to tap in that, into that too. For and that was also for, for money. And, but but it was also the zeitgeist back then, right? Because uh, in, also in 76, I think Genta did the Ingenieur SL 1832 yeah. for yeah. IWC. Yeah. But and there was, was the overseas. Yeah. There was this uh, Gerard Perrigot. I'm yeah. not sure if it was always the Laureato. Yeah, um, I think it started. Perhaps, yeah. Laureato. Overseas was the 222, of course. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was also that zeitgeist, I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, even at the end, you have the Tissot that uh, that uh, looked quite similar yeah, yeah. as well. Yeah. So the Oyster Quartz, of course, yeah. also yeah. In, in that line. Yeah. So integrated braces were a big thing back then. Then I think it faded away until yeah. only recently. Mm-hmm. I think some brands like Hublot, they built their success also based on what Royal Oak Offshores were doing. Linde Verlin, yeah. I'm not sure if they're super successful, but they also yeah, yeah, looked yeah. at the Royal Oak Offshore. That, that the was Hublot, the offshore that uh, yeah. sparked, uh, and, and, and very recently Hublot, of course, did the uh, the integral. They they, com- they constructed something uh, like a bracelet that would look make the uh, yeah. Big Bang look like an, uh, a watch with an integrated bracelet. Yeah. yeah. And I like the look of integrated bracelets, but that also goes for old Abels or old Omega constellations. Yeah. I, I like that mm-hmm. particular look. But yeah. those watches have you, don't do well at all. Have no, you, but they you, don't have Patek on the dial. I think in the end that also is a is a is a yeah. Is but then a there's big, a newcomer like Sapek that also sells like crazy. Yeah, yeah but that mm-hmm. is that, the that has yeah. even a name on the dial that doesn't ring a bell for. Yeah, but I think that's people. the effect you 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 uh, already described is that when something becomes completely unavailable, people will look for uh, for alternatives. And um, but Robert Chan, did you always like the integrated bracelet designs, or yes. is it something which came later on? No. No, so when I started with watches in the 90s, I, I bought these uh, these books with a lot of pictures. There was not much text. Yeah. And uh, and the, the the big annual catalog. catalog. Yeah. I bought my first one in your shop in 99 or 98. Yeah. And 
man, I love those those Royal Oaks. That t- the Royal Oak for me was man, beautiful, and mm-hmm. that was a watch that you either loved or hate. There yeah. was no, yeah. there was nothing in between. No. And so that's why I find it so strange because many people at the time hated that watch. Yeah. Yeah. That it completely turned around. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but now people know that it's a, it's a status symbol and that it represents a lot of money. And then people will look at it through different eyes. Yeah. That's just what and happens. The funny thing is that when I bought my Royal Oaks, and my, I bought my first one in 2006, I think. It was, I paid 5,000 euros for a Royal Oak, 15,300, mm-hmm. and then 7,000 for the 15,202 in, you know, in uh, 2009. But at the time, the offshores were much more popular. Yeah. yeah and if yeah. you look today, yeah. you can't just buy the offshore. That's yeah. like, no, well, it's still an expensive watch. It's very expensive. But watch. nothing yeah. compared to no, the, but it's the available. normal ones. It's yes. available. It's but completely f- turned from, around. From the beginning, these uh, integrated razor steel watches, like the, uh, the, the the regular Royal Oak or the Jumbo, it, um, if you liked it, you said you either like it or you don't like it. But if you like it, it made you an instant connoisseur i mean you were only the people who were it was super yeah. niche yeah. yeah it was niche yeah. and yeah. the people who loved it they were they were really yeah, the, the, the yeah. people who knew yeah. uh, what they were looking at but it went from niche to mainstream yeah and the, and the mainstream is so large yeah yeah because the demand in general for watches has increased uh, uh yeah, yeah. Inc- incredibly much yeah. and that's also what we see on the the Fratello website that the traffic man it <laughs> yeah it, it went mm-hmm. f- yeah, oh, it decreased course. so much since yeah. the l- in the last five years it's unbelievable yeah but even even that that it had the uh, that it had the name of being a watch for the for the for the watch lover and a watch connoisseur that might be part of a success as well that if you if if you learn that the people who are wearing these watches were the people uh, know what they talk about yeah but yeah but what's interesting is when it came out of course there was no internet there was no social media no. so you you just bought it you you saw it in other stores might you might see it uh, an advertisement in a magazine mm-hmm. if you're really lucky you would see someone uh, in the street uh, wear it too but that's where you saw these watches you you didn't see these watches no. anywhere you didn't see them no, on no, tv it, and then internet became uh, available social media yeah. everything is available and and you Watches are everywhere. They're in the public domain, and um, and they're and of course they always have been a status symbol. And now with everything being about how you present yourself, it's uh, watches have become the most the, the I would say the easiest way to uh, present yourself to mm-hmm. to to show. Hey, it's, it happened to Richard Mille as well, and the mm-hmm. Rolex, of yeah. course, and. Uh, and Patek. Yeah. And do, do you think that uh, people who bought the Nautilus or Aquanaut in the 90s, for example, or early 2000s, that they are still comfortable wearing that watch or that they are even aware? Because two years ago I saw, I remember very vividly, I walked to the city center of the place where I live and I passed someone and I saw he was wearing a, a white gold mm-hmm. Nautilus on a, yeah. on a leather strap. Mm-hmm. And then I was thinking, does this guy even know what he's wearing? Or did he just buy it like 10 years ago for yeah. a lot of money still, yeah. but not what it is today? I think I think a lot of people, like, like, like shall I say, old school or old money, is um, if you were from a certain social circle, you would buy your uh, shoes there, you have your clothes from this address, and you would buy a watch from a certain jeweler. And because it, there was money to spend, and Patek was a very uh, respectable brand, you would just buy that watch. And then you would probably already have a Calatrava, 
and then uh, the jeweler or the your you need a sports watch. You need a sports watch. Oh, look what I have here. Oh, look that. Oh, it's also a Patek. Oh, that's a that's a, an original design. Yeah, I'll just buy it. So I think that also people bought it because that was where they shopped. Yeah, but Lex is describing the customer journey of money. To answer your question, yeah. I, I think he does know because it, it won't take long that you bump into someone, even if you're not into watches and you're wearing this kind of watch. It, I mean, you go to dinners, you go to a bar. You're it will happen ho- you're, now. You're in a hotel, yeah. But, but, I but mean, 15 so years ago, this would no, not happen. It was, would no. be very, very discreet luxury. Yeah. But everything and has now become it's not transparent. Discreet. It's not yeah. discreet yeah. anymore. Yeah. Everything no. has become transparent, yeah. be it social media, but also platforms like Chrono24, yeah. for example, where you can easily, easily look up the value of a watch. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's also yeah. what I heard yeah. when I was in London for WatchPro that, uh, that one, one guy said that, uh, yeah, some crooks, they just use these kind of apps like Chrono24 in a bar and check yeah, the value of, of watches that they see around them. Yeah. And because of the, the, the there is, the, the, it's so much money and it, it, it makes it, yeah, it, it's very tempting if you don't have no, if you have no morals whatsoever, if you just see 70K just sitting on this, uh, yeah. this, this wrist. Yeah. Okay. It's, let, it's let, horrible. Anyway. Let, let's, let's have a, we have to round it up and yeah. let's have a quick let's look at that. the watch again. What does make the 30 heaven, 3700 so special? It, uh, the movement is very special. Gerard, perhaps you can elaborate oh, yeah. on the... Yeah, the, the movement of the, the 28 uh, 255 caliber from Patek, which was based on the uh, Jäger Kultur caliber, the 920, was, I think, one of the most beautiful automatic uh, calibers we've ever seen. Yeah. Uh, and the whole slimness of the of, of, of the watch, and it, it wears so so incredibly comfortable and it, it i mean in my eyes it's quite a, it's it's an elegant watch as well i think mm. that all these things uh and definitely how slim it is and how it wears it makes it such a special watch i mean you, you can feel it if you wear the watch you hardly feel it yeah. <laughs> that you, you, you can't hear it but, but i will this is the watch <laughs> <laughs> it is yeah yeah, yeah. No, it's, I think it's a more an elegant watch than a sports watch. If yeah. I hold it in my hands now, but perhaps in the seventies it was different because yeah. of the size. yeah. But I, I immediately uh, missed that from the uh, fifty-seven eleven when that came out. It uh, it became not even that much thicker. I mean, it was not even a millimeter thicker. It's eight point uh, three, eight point three, and 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 the, the three seven zero is seven point six. But you you had both. I had both. Yeah, yeah, and and and. Yeah. Why do you prefer the 3700? Yeah, because of what I just uh, said. Because it's uh, it's slimmer, it's it wears more comfortable, and uh, I think it's more uh, more elegant. But, uh, and but also the the dial or the, the lack of seconds hand. Or yeah, the lack of seconds hands is beautiful as well. Mm. It's uh, and there's less depth in the. It looks like there's less uh, depth in the in in the dial. I wasn't very happy with the flanges uh, uh, on the sides of the casing becoming rounded instead of uh, flat, which is as the original one. Um, so yeah, all in all, and of course the the, the case back, which was screwing, it, it totally yeah. damaged the whole uh, the Fake. whole idea. Uh, <laughs> I think <laughs> it's funny uh, of, of, of the yeah. monoblock casing for me. So uh, it it really didn't do it. I, I bought the uh, the 5711 immediately when it came out in 2006. I ordered it uh, at a local. Uh, Did you get discount? But I, I got discount. I got a, go. a bit of discount. <laughs> yeah, I didn't pay different f- times. It was fourteen thousand seven hundred. I think I I paid like. 14,000 flat at that time, mm-hmm. so I got a bit of discount. 
Um, but I sold it a few years ago because uh, a few years later because uh, I, I no I I you prefer this one the thirty seven I, I, I preferred the uh, the thirty seven yeah. yeah Lex you always yeah. commented on this watch that there's something you don't like yeah there's there's one thing I I I don't really like and that's the the date window the 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 place uh, it, it it's very close too far to, to the, the right uh, yeah it's too far to the right it's mm. very close to the bezel that I don't don't really like but that's some that that is also something you can overcome what what I find very interesting about this one is actually um the the new 5811 shows you how great the 3700 is because of the the dial and the uh, central second so the new one has the central seconds which is just <laughs> didn't need it and also the new uh, one has a blue black gradient dial and i don't i don't know why they did that it because it is almost like a fashion thing and then it just and then you look at this one and it, this is just one perfect color so you have the two-part case the right dial, the right no movement. central seconds, the right movement, and then, and also what it maybe what is nice that it does have that date window that is a little bit, yeah, but isn't that what you need? Well, if you a look at it, it, it is a little bit like Cindy yeah. Crawford. But if you look, yeah, yeah. exactly, <laughs> it is the Cindy Crawford watch. If you look at this from this distance, I, I don't think it's disturbingly. Uh, no, it's not disturbingly. It, it, it's uh, no, 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 we're watching not, no. We're I could still <laughs> sleep at night uh, exactly. knowing that uh, the watch yeah, I have yeah, has it, the date window far to the right. It, it doesn't even look out of place. I mean, it's, it's in the same place as the index. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, as far out as the index. Is. Yeah. Uh, okay. To say it's a large yeah. movement. So. Let's round up, guys. Uh, yeah. Thank you for yeah. joining this podcast. Uh, you can find the pictures of this beautiful watch and the watches that we are wearing on our Fertilla Watches website in the notes. And uh, we'd love to hear from you what you think about the Nautilus. So please leave a comment on our website. And uh, till next time.